Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here at Guitar Nerds, we want to make sure you have the best chance to listen to all the guitar content that's right for you. That's why we have a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds. A veritable treasure trove full of interviews, mini-series, and a whole extra half-an-hour episode every week. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Get your nerd on. Welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Jay Cross. Hello. And Matt Knight. Hello there. And this week, uh, it's been the, what do they call it now? The London International Guitar Show. It is still the London International. They change it every now and again. It's not actually in London. Well, uh, I I don't see how it's international. No, me neither. But anyway, it has been a guitar show, um, so we've got tons to talk about. I didn't actually go because I was on tour, but the two of you did. And Matt Knight, you've been away for a week as well. Yeah, I was uh, busy. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't Great. doing anything Great. music related. I was just busy. <laughs> well, well, wonderful, wonderful answer. Well, you have been doing some musical things because you you've continued your delay pedal quest yeah that you've uh that you've been on of late i sold a bunch of stuff which meant you know i can pay off bills or i can just buy more stuff so i've been on a bit of a delay pedal quest and well, I can't... specifically an electro harmonics delay pedal quest well actually no th- i've actually decided that it is just a delay pedal quest i saw a, po- right. a post um from i think blake a couple of weeks ago, maybe a week ago, and he was like, "Oh, Blake really Wyland like- from the yes. Tone Mob," and he was like, "Oh, I really like fuzz pedals," and he had a picture of all these fuzz pedals, and it's a whole load of fuzz pedals. And I was like, "I've actually got more delay pedals than any other type of pedal," um, and there's probably more delay pedals that I like overall in the entire time that I've uh, been playing guitar. So there's a couple that always, you know, pop up regularly, and I'm like, "No, oh, I'll get one one day," and then. Uh, over the weekend, I actually managed to buy, well, one just before the weekend, one at the weekend, two pedals I've actually been looking for, and a couple that we've mentioned on the podcast before. One of them, I managed to pick up a Ibanez DE7. Finally, 
um, see what the hype is about. And I only paid £44 for it, which is about half the price they seem to be going for every now and then. Which you paid is... 44 quid for the, for the for the Echo Shifter, right? No, no. For the Ibanez oh. DE7. Oh, okay. Which is 7. And then I yeah. also bought an Ibanez ES2 Echo Shifter, which okay. I only paid £70 for. Oh, How much? Ibanez 70. Echo I think I paid 70 quid for, yeah. The, Which is cheap. The, they're, they're really hard to get hold of. And when they do go, they do go for a lot of money. So for people who are unaware, obviously most people probably know the D7. The ES2, which we've talked about a lot, was a short-lived Ibanez analog delay pedal that came out in 2014. Uh, kind of wedge-shaped, looks a bit like a, one of those uh, Moog pedals with a giant slider on the front for... Delay time, it's also got a tap tempo. A modulation switch, which is f- fixed. You can't... Well, you, there is a depth control, which sort of shows how wobbly the the repeats go. Feedback, mix, and then an oscillation button. Um, and rather well, Like a few, separate separate switch? Yeah, it's a separate switch. just automatically puts it into oscillation. Um, but I like the fact that delay time's on the slider because you can do... If you set the delay time really quick with the tap tempo and then push the slider all the way up, it slows down in such a wicked way. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, it's one of the most musical delay pedals. If you want oh, to yeah, use, 100%. If you want to make soundscapey things, I think having it on a slider rather than a rotary is just incredibly um, usable. I used it a lot when I was doing some videos for GAK. We were trying to make a like, movie theme tunes and things like that and it was always like space movies and stuff like that and i I found that that echo shifter was just perfect for that because you can just use it for so many weird modulation things and that mod button is kind of the same like it's not uncommon to just have modulation dealt with as a as a switch because like even the carbon copy is is just an on off situation with the with the modulation yeah it's it's quite it's quite a wild modulation though um but i'm just wondering like i'm just i'm really interested just like a b all my sort of delay pedals but i've got so many really oh, nice ones find I'm out like, what the best one is i know but then it's like which one do i put on the pedal board and oh you know if one's not being used i feel sad that it's sort of being left out so maybe i just need i was i need to really have a nice way of putting them all on display uh or having them just all stacked up somewhere rather than just like in a box under the bed which is yeah. some of the only space i've got because i like it's nice to just have them in like drawers so you can just go oh i just want to use that rather than like have to try and dig it out from somewhere and then the other day i totally forgot that i've got a flight case full of um done electro pedals that have sat in my <laughs> wardrobe for ages <laughs> but there's that, a couple uh, of wicked pedals in there and i'm like don't get these out off enough but if they're in like an oh, easy to reach drawer then i exactly. could i could plug them in you, more. you well, need that, to have you need speaker. to have a you need to have a setup like uh at the opticians i realize that as a glasses wearer <laughs> i may be more familiar with this than than you guys are but when i go to the opticians they have these drawers that pull out and every, all the glasses are just laid out there in front of you and then you close it up and then open it. That's what you need, except for what you need is actually for all the pedals to be wired up together. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds like a bit of a big job, but... Um, what, what was the name of the spinning speaker in the in the Dan Electro Food series? Uh, Do you remember? Was that Hash Brown? No, the Rocky Road. Rocky Road. Yeah, that was great. That one always, especially for me, was was Later known awesome. as, uh, what's the one called in the... It's uh, the Billionaire. It's the, the Big um, Spender. Big Spender spinning speaker. It's basically, it's got to be the same yeah. circuit, oh, surely. For sure, for sure. Um, but the um, the DE7 as well, one of the... I've never liked that range of Ibanez pedals. They look really ugly. 
Um, I, do you know what? They're actually one of the more practical pedals that I think ever came out. Well, yeah, uh, because they're an imitation of of a boss pedal, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I actually like the 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 kind of the way that knobs work. So you can click them in, um, and you you can lock the knobs so they don't. I mean, I mean, yeah, I I agree. Every time I get my pedal board out of my case uh, before a sound check or or a gig, you have to check each each one of them to make sure nothing's. You know, nothing's which is, moved. Um, which is only really the problem for someone who actually gigs, um, because you know, most <laughs> yes, of us who yeah, never fine. gig are like, "Don't, don't touch the controls, mate." <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> just, I'm just looking at it. Um, <laughs> but I'm actually really interested because I've I've got a DD5 now and a JHS Pink Panther, which is a you know the it's paying homage to the DD5 and the DE7. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see, like put those three together so i think i've got like a nice range of pedals that could potentially make some cool uh videos at some point well, we've got cool we've got a lot pedals. of other stuff uh at mine as well because i've got the um the ibanez ad9 we've got the yeah. jhs panther cub uh we we've got the new ibanez delay we've got the new ibanez delay i've got the carbon copy and the carbon copy bright um and then we've got what's the new uh, ibanez delay um the new one yeah well, uh, the, as in the mini one, they do a mini, oh, pink, the, the tiny 80, version, the eighty nine mini. It's the eighty nine mini, yeah. yeah but that, okay. I don't think they call it that. They just call it the delay. But then we've also right, got things okay. like um, we've got not that like new though, the, is it? Joe. No, no. I guess newish, newish. We've got the Casper delay. Who was that by? We spoke about them last week. Cast engineering, cast, cast engineering, and then we've got the Seymour Duncan Vapor Trails. Great pedal. Oh, yeah, sort of. Um, of course, we've got the the Boss Space Echo. Well, I've got the um, DM2W as well. The Boss DM2W here. Um, Actually, you know what? It's really sure interesting when I was um, sort of putting together some pedal boards and I was ABing some stuff, and I had the Panther Cub and the DM2, and then both of the Electro Harmonics memory men memory mans yeah um, that i have and and it was actually really it was really nice because they all they had ob obvious similarities but they were all had a very nice sort of quality in their own way but the dm2 i sort of always forget how wicked that dm2 sounds in the custom mode because well, you get all the it's, extra delay let's time. let's be very clear the custom mode is not usable it's it's very fun it, it, uh, it, it, it feeds back very immediately. Quickly. It feeds yeah. back immediately, no matter what you do. Um, but it's incredibly usable if you want to, uh, you know. Again, for the sa same thing as the echo shifter, if you want to sort of take those delay tails yeah. and move them around, it's great for that. But you know, there's um, some trim pots inside that you can adjust, and if you adjust them, you break the pedal. So <laughs> don't touch those trim pots. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll uh, I'll bear that in mind. I've got the the flashback too, the canyon as well. Oh, and the uh, the Ernie Ball expression delay. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. The expression delay for me, I always think sounds really good, but I just wish because the expression control itself is just the level of the delay, and I was like, oh, why isn't it like the delay time and feedback sort of together? That seems to be obviously what you'd assign to an expression, certainly. On something like a Helix, um, or even on an, a Boss MS3, if you're using an external expression pedal and you're wanting to manipulate delays, those would be the two things you'd assign to the expression to be able to manipulate it. Um, so it seems weird that they've gone for level, because I see no reason that you'd ever, you'd either have it on or off. 
you know, yeah, it doesn't know, seem maybe like it's like a solo thing. You just like lean yeah. forward and yeah. I mean, I I love it on all the other Anibal ones on the drive because it maintains your clean signal underneath no matter what level you have, and you're just bringing in the level of drive alongside it, which is very usable, very practical. And of course, the one that they nailed is the vibrato. Sorry, the tremolo reverb. Yeah, that's because what that is cool. because you control rate uh, and depth of the. Um, of the tremolo whilst bringing in the reverb underneath that's like that is soundscape in a pedal mm. but yeah. uh what, but what yes. pedal is that sorry i i that's the the purple the new purple ernie ball um oh yeah tremolo. yeah yeah um but it's fantastic what a wicked pedal my only, i, I my think only... I, t- I think i talked about this before but i was really disappointed when i tried that because i tried it at nam and it was it it sounded as though i was put plugging my headphone because they only had headphones you can plug into an amp which was you know obviously you're a trade show it makes complete sense but it sounded as though the headphones were plugged directly into the pedal um it sounded like it just i don't know what they were using some sort of weird um sort of headphone amp or something but it it, i was really disappointed because it really didn't show the pedals off in a very good light and then since i've tried them at your house joe and they sounded fantastic yeah um it just i i I just yeah i've feel like they maybe shot themselves in the foot a little bit by not really showing off the pedals as well as they should have as well as they could have done again yeah. it highlights the fact that um never try anything at a guitar show well completely completely and obviously i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna judge the uh no, the quality of the pedal i think you know um, i've been talking to a few people about this uh kind of recently obviously with us going to the show this weekend and and you know 2019 is um 10 weeks away and uh, that means that Nam is around the corner, and I was just like, the more Nam goes on, the more I'm like, it's just it is basically like a media event, but people just go there to get like the story. They don't really want to hear the stuff because most people are like, I'll just wait for, it. I'll, I'll order it now when all the stores have got it online, and then you know we'll just we'll just wait till then. Um, I think you're right to an extent. I think some stuff works better than others. Um, I think. Me and Jay were talk- last week talking about the Game Changer um, Plus pedal, and um, of course, that at, at the time that that came out, not this year but the year before, they were a tiny company and yeah. they had no videos and no uh, no marketing behind them, um, and it was because you know they, it was a very simple setup, obviously, but that pe- it was easy to hear the quality and usability of that pedal. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. uh, so I, I think you can nail it. You can get it right. I think it becomes a problem if you release too much stuff. I think some brands can release too much stuff at NAM, and it depends what sort of setup you go for. I agree. I don't think headphone amps are ever going to work. But when you're someone like the problem for Ernie Ball is their NAM setup is they have a stage area where they have talks and showcases. They get famous musicians up. They get the Ball family up to talk about the gear. So they kind of have a very sort of press releasey feel to it there, but they also have areas in that place where you can you can go and play. So of course they don't want to fill that area with people playing stuff whilst you know uh, whilst Scott Ball's trying to tell you about the the new amps. And at the same time, within that same space, they also have these little booths that all the dealers can go and sit down with the the, the sales element of Ernie Ball and and sort of negotiate deals with them. The, uh, a, um, the the correct term is uh, closing rooms. 
Oh, right. Closing closing rooms. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the uh, technical lingo for. Right. For I us can't in believe the, that we're going to be talking about it properly in like, you know, just over a couple months. What Nam? Yeah. Yeah, it's I, not that I far away. I really so. I guess this kind of segues into us talking a little bit about the guitar sh- about the London International Guitar Show this weekend. But yes. basically, every conversation I had with uh, people there was. Oh, so how's, how's it going? How's it going? Yeah, yeah, going good, going good. How, how are things are you? Yeah, yeah, going good. Oh, wow. I can't, I can't believe it's been, I can't believe it's been a year since I saw you. I know, I know. But what's going on this year? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, loads, I guess. But it's just every conversation was, I can't believe it's now around the corner. Basically, it's just, it's just crazy. The whole that the year has gone so fast. It's been a, it's been a pretty exciting time for us all. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's been, um, yeah, it's been a big year for releases. I think after what was maybe a couple of muted years of Nam, last year was was so fantastic that I think everyone's really excited for the next one. So um, it will be interesting. But let's talk about the London International Guitar Show. A very, very different show from. Um, from Nam, um, for for yeah, for US listeners, I don't know if you'll be able to comprehend the sort of um, the the downscaling level or sort of. I mean, it, okay, so it, I mean, what we're talking about here is is a hall with a load of trestle tables in it, and some well, yeah, I mean, but it's 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 only like a it's only like a. Um, a local guitar show would be to of course. You know, people will be able to answer you know there's there's probably a hundred to a hundred and fifty to two hundred i'm not sure exactly uh companies there um each with a couple of tables and they've got stuff out and it's you know it's some of them are some of them are shops so there was a couple of shops there um so pmt were there for example they were there with uh with new stuff um there was a bunch of uh secondhand shops uh and smaller smaller companies and there was uh, a couple of the um uh guitar auction houses uh were there as well and then there was also some some uh some larger companies um and but mainly it was smaller independent companies. So yeah. you know, Tate Effects had a stand there. They Stuart, were, Stuart Tate was uh, there, of course. Yeah, but if oh, you could enter, you could enter his time. giveaway, couldn't you, at the uh, at, at the guitar show? Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So He's they um, giving away a limited edition green. Um, raise the uh, dead. Yeah, raise well, the actually, dead. Well, actually, it's a limited edition that's actually being sold exclusively through On, Reverb. I think they do it. It's to a hundred and. 25 pieces if i remember wow. rightly um and i did get all the details of him in a message a little while ago but i think it's slightly different components obviously all handmade by him limited edition casing uh available exclusively through reverb 125 pounds if i remember rightly um but yeah you could win one while you were there which was a pointless competition because we know he's just going to give it to us so uh, <laughs> we've actually already got one we have a, a raise the dead oh yeah no we what have you one mean of the is first you've got one raise the dead. F- didn't ever tell us oh uh, yeah maybe yourself, that's that's so. possibly that's possibly the answer there it's, it's with my fuzz collection yeah but um I, I, do you know what i like about this show compared to because i like the birmingham one but the birmingham one is probably a little bit more commercial 
maybe I, I don't know that there's a there's a vibe there's a vibe to this one that i kind of like i mean there's more vintage it feels like there's more stuff to buy um at this one and that's always the thing with nams you walk around you see all this cool stuff and you're like really want to buy a bunch of this and i know half of it's probably not going to come out for three months and the other half might never come out or come out like a year later. Yeah. Um, and it's nice to walk around this one because there's like, there's a whole bunch of stuff for sale. And uh, if you're super rich, then there's a whole bunch of wicked expensive vintage stuff you can buy. Um, and if you're just after a bargain or you just need parts, you know, there we walk past um, Charlie Chandler's guitar experience and they had just like parts bins that you could buy. Like to pick ups or pick up covers, and then oh, the that's really pedal cool and stuff. And then they also had a full tone tube tape echo, and I was like, oh, I really want that. And I just didn't have enough money. Um, but it was, they, yeah, they, I, that's what I like about the show is that you can pick stuff like that up. Um, and there's a lot of bargaining going on, and, and it kind of it's feels definitely like- the place to sort of walk around with it, you know, if you can, like sell sell some gear before the show and walk around there with a couple yeah. of grand in your pocket because there will be something super rare. There will be something there that you'll never see again that you've always wanted. I, th- I think the one thing that we don't have before we just go into a little bit more detailed shows, we don't have like a UK-based swap meet for um, guitar stuff like they tend to have in the US. Do you know what I mean? Where people like literally set a table and they're just like, they're not even like a dealer. They've just got stuff to sell. People go and like, swap a bunch of stuff there's no like car boot sale of guitar things which is yeah i quite like to see which but is, there I think... is always a risk with that because you don't know what you're buying maybe um but sometimes it's just cool to not see the same secondhand stuff pop up in stores or you know whatever or not yeah no <laughs> i just i i think that what you're where it it differs from the US to the UK is that we're a much smaller place here. And so I think a lot of that stuff just happens on the internet because it is much easier for people to, there's Gumtree, there's Reverb. And if it says it's the UK, you know, realistically, you're probably within a a reasonable drive or postage isn't going to be crazy. Whereas if you're in the US, then these things need to be a bit more, centralized and a bit more IRL because you just the internet's massive the internet's massive because the company the country's massive do you know what I mean yeah 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 um but otherwise I I actually really like it I think it's a great show um we made a list of a bunch of stuff that we saw like old stuff that was there because this is the one thing you don't really see any vintage gear at the one in Birmingham right it's kind of it is mainly shops or it's distributor slash yeah i mean the thing the thing is with the london international guitar show is it's run by um the company northern guitar shows and i th- i think they have been they've been around for a long time and it's just because they're quite established and they've got a bunch of these shows i i get the impression that a lot of the people that uh exhibit in london probably also do you know liverpool and do the northern uh do like newcastle and and so there are people there that do just kind of travel around and they're probably trading stuff on the go in order to 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 keep the keep it all going yeah so so that's why i think 
something like the Birmingham Guitar Show, which is maybe a little bit more of a, maybe a slightly more modern show than uh, than the London International Guitar Show or like the Northern Guitar Shows show. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I had a really good time. We saw some we saw some really cool stuff. I thought. Yeah, and let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about some of the uh, some of your favourite bits then from the uh, from the show. Okay, well, I'm going to put out um, my guitar highlight. I would say um, I always like looking at 54 Les Pauls, like the proper ones with the, I forget what you call the, the pickup in, in the neck, but they're like the massive uh, chunky ones that are like, look like a P90, but aren't really a P90. Um, and, or any of those kind of early to mid 1950s black Les Paul customs or anything like that but there was one that really caught my eye and it was a 1957 black Les Paul custom Switchmaster which I've never ever seen before so the Switchmasters um, were originally part of I think the L5 uh, is where it was originated which is basically rather than a three-way toggle switch they have a five-way slider switch a bit like you'd find on a Fender on like a strat so right. this had three pickups so normally you'd expect a three-way selector switch to give you neck middle and bridge so this one had a five-way selector that gives you a various combinations of the three humbuckers but then each humbucker has its own volume and tone so it's got this massive five-way switch on it and three volumes and three tones as well as having three humbuckers um, and it was all original, apart from the machine heads, which have been changed to Grovers. Black with gold hardware, looked beautiful, really well played in, never had a neck break or anything like that. Uh, and it was a cool £75,000, because I went on Blimey. the shop later uh, to find it. And uh, yeah, seventy-five. Thousand. Was it really? Was it a four? Was it a five-way switch? I thought it was just a four-way switch. No, I'm, I think it's a five-way. See, I from what I and I can't remember, but I had it in my head that it was just it was a four-way switch, and it was uh, pick up one, pick up two, pick up three, or all three pickups. I'm sure Let that's. Me, I'm just double checking. I'm going to put up the thing. Uh, you might be right. I thought it was a. I thought it was a five-way. The picture. Oh that yeah, I found you're right. Was, One, two, yeah, three, okay. and all. Yeah. Either way, wicked. It was. It um, was really cool. It was really cool. But it's the having the. So the first four pots are in the same place that you'd normally find a Les Paul, and then the other two are behind the top E and B strings, continuing it's that so same weird. sort of it's, diagonal line. I've never ever like seen a, one before. It looks like a sort of um, a mod. It, it doesn't yeah, look yeah, like yeah. something that should have come out of the show. It looks like the sort of thing that was occurring in the 80s when people were trying to add sort of yeah, parametric it, No, you, you're completely right. That that absolutely is what it looks like. It really does look like someone's someone's bought this guitar and they're like, oh, yeah, I just picked this guitar. I picked up this 957 Les Paul just for like a couple of hundred quid. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's not really worth anything. So I'm just going to stick this weird uh, 10-way selector switch. Uh, but I've got to drill <laughs> through the entire body in order to do that. Yeah, it'll be all right, um, won't it? And uh, it came with the original case. Wow, that's awesome! Well. It's probably I, mean, I don't think 70, 75 G's isn't too bad for for that. For all right, money bags. I didn't realise <laughs> yeah. life was life was so good at GAC. I think um, I think the thing is is ultimately the Les Pauls that are worth the most money are fifty eight, fifty nine, sixty, and then you get into the kind of customs, and the customs are worth a bit. If they're a bit quirky, like this one is, they definitely didn't make that many. 
um, they're going to be worth a considerable amount more. And then you've got like 52s and 54s, but they're, they're never like 59 money. Uh, and I think it's just the artists and, and the hype and everything that's associated with 59 that puts that crazy price tag on. But I think even now I was talking to um, someone the other day and he, he knows someone who deals in that kind of... I think he said he owns a store in London that deal a lot in vintage guitars. And he's like, in the UK at any one time, there's about six 59 Les Pauls that are basically just doing the rounds between various collectors. Yeah. Um, and they kind of just set the price, really. And no one's really making any money. You know, someone's basically selling it for what they paid for it. And it just sort of goes round in circles for a bit until it gets sold outside or someone buys a new one in from outside of that that circle. And I think that's where you tend to find a lot of this vintage gear is people who know other people. And it just all does the same circuit, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess so. But that, um, that, was, that was very, very cool. Um, and a, a shop... A different guitar, a vintage guitar shop I'd never heard of had a 59 black ES335, which looked absolutely amazing. That was like factory finished ES335. And if I remember rightly, I've got a picture here. I'm not sure if I can read it. Uh, Gibson 59, 335, mono output with the block inlays. And I'm pretty sure it said it was the first one ever to be recorded in that custom color. Or something. It was something along those lines, like absolutely nuts. Wow. I didn't get the name of the company. Oh, ATB That's... Guitars. That was it. No, I've not heard of them either. And what what uh, what sort of price tag is a 1959 first black ever Gibson? I'm going to um, see if I can find it. 59 ES335 TD Factory Mono Stop Tail. Um, it's sixteen thousand. So not as um, yeah, less than twenty of these were made in the first year, nineteen fifty nine, when ES three three. Oh, sorry, ES three five five. Oh, so like a, in a custom mono. type. Yes, yeah. So it's got the block inlays with the um, triple binding. So yeah, yeah twenty uh, less than twenty were ever made in fifty nine in black. Um, no vary tone, mono output. And um, it's been like fully, it's been fully restored. Oh, okay. A little bit more of a story opening up now on it. Uh, They all came in cherry red, but only 20 were ever made of that particular model. Someone sprayed it sunburst and then it went to a company called Historic Makeovers who then refinished it in black. Right. Which is why it's, which is why it's 16 grand and not a hundred grand or something, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have been that. I tell you what, the original fifty nine paths, and they would have been the same paths in that that they would have put in a a fifty nine. Um, Les Paul comes with original fifty nine case, but not the original case that it would it would have come with. Um, I tell you what, that is wicked, and they reckon that the usual price of those is fifty grand. So all of the right. work Ooh. has knocked it down. So I tell you what, I. I would as a three as a like a three three five style guitar. That is just absolutely beautiful. You thinking Stuff about like that? They need to do custom shop versions of. You thinking about uh, popping down the bank and remortgaging, Matty? Oh, if only. <laughs> I, I tell you what, it's, it's one of those things that we we did talk about it a bit, didn't we, Jay? About vintage guitars, and it's like, would you spend that money, or would you rather buy just a modern guitar? 
a vintage guitar is probably going to hold its value, but then you're going to be like, do I really want to play it all the time? Yeah, yeah. It's it's it is a just weird one. Just buy a Strandberg, mate. Just buy a Strandberg. Yeah, just cut the headstock off this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, do you know, it'd be one of those ridiculous things, wouldn't it? If you just had so much money and you just walked in and went, Pff. yeah, I just, just, wanna, I just really want a headless guitar, but I just love three three five fives, and I've really been looking for a 59 first production year one. Yeah, I, can just I was born of... in 1959, and this is, yeah. this is what I want. But I, I was a child of the 80s. Uh, a 30-year-old <laughs> child of the 80s. So what I really wanted was a headless guitar. Um, but yeah, a- ATB guitars, not heard of them, but they've got a bunch of... they they Jay, were they the stand that had the complete collection of like 51, 52, <laughs> no, blonde... No, they, they weren't. No, that, it, was a, it was a different company, I think. But that, uh, we, we, we saw those as well. And they were, there were some really funny, um, very early Fenders there. So um, as Matt said, there was a, a 51... Uh, no, it wasn't a 51. It was a 52 Tele, a 53 Esquire, um, a 50... Three telly, I think, as well, and then another a fi- fifty-three T, yeah. and then a fifty-one P base, or a fifty-two P. Oh no, fifty, fifty-one, fifty-two. Sorry, fifty-one, fifty-two, or fifty-three P base as well. I can't remember which one it was, but we were wow. looking at it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the stuff, the stuff on that, and they were just all in a line there. You know, they were. The, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy, but. <laughs> we were looking at it, and I tell you what, the uh, the Esquire, the, 50, the 53 Esquire, was a proper, proper fast Friday afternoon job. Yeah, like, it looked so weird. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> like, it was definitely, uh, oh, was it the 53? Maybe it was the 52. It was one of the early ones, anyway. And it was, oh my gosh, it, it looked awful. <laughs> it looked so bad. Like, it looked like someone had drawn a telly as, and then... You know, you know Homer's car in The Simpsons, where it's like they've, they've <laughs> the Homer. <laughs> the Homer. Um, it was kind of like that, but a Telecaster. Like the color wasn't quite right. The uh, the contouring of the body wasn't quite right. Um, like it, the 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 pit card looked as though it had been screwed in a bit too tight. Like it, it was absolutely uh, four o'clock on a Friday afternoon, and someone's gone. I've got to get this finished. I've got, I've got to get it finished. Leo's going to go mad if I don't get it finished. Uh, or maybe it was Leo himself. You know, who knows? It, it just being like, I just want to get down the pub. Come on, let's get this done. Um, but uh, it, it's just really funny how, um, you know, these, these instruments that are so well revered are, um, you know, <laughs> they're, they're uh, you know, they're, they're individuals. Let's put it that way. That, that was the funny thing, really. And, you know, Fender at the time was, you know, and we've, we've always talked about it. Most people know the story that Fenders were designed as that modular instrument. You know, workhorses that if you needed to change something, you could unbolt everything. Where Gibsons were like the high-specced mega guitar of the day, you know. And that's why you tend to see that the oldest Gibson stuff looks, I say, better built but the fender stuff is a bit like which the telly was just a slab of wood do you know what yeah. i mean they just draw the design I, and put it in a machine and just gone cool just about the next to that it's, it's good to well, go no, they, they weren't they weren't putting it in a machine they were you know it was kind no, they were well, kind of no it's on a band it's on a bandsaw though, yeah That's sure what I sure mean by machines on a band saw. but um but they weren't, you know, they, they weren't, they weren't actual sword i don't just, think just yeah cutting it i don't think necessarily they were designed to be workhorse guitars that you could take apart i think leo just saw that it was an easy way to make a guitar i don't think it was i don't think they were made uh bolt on for functional purposes i think they were made bolt on 
for logistical purposes. That's why mm-hmm. they. Uh, that's why the, the the guitars evolved as they did because he saw it was an easy way to make a guitar. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. probably the case. Um, and moving... Sorry, go on. No, no, I was just, I was just going to say another couple of bits that, um, that I saw at the show that I really liked. Um, we got to hang out with um, with Zilla for a bit, Zilla Cabs. Um, yeah. Matt, you'll have to forgive me. I, I can't remember the... the, the Paul. G- Paul. So Paul. I've, I've kind of known Paul, I guess, for about 10 years, ever since he built my first Zilla Cab, but we've never, ever met. Um, we've only ever spoken on the phone a few times. It's usually just over email, but he's built various cabs for me over the years. And then I sort of went over and he handed me a leaflet and I went, yeah, I sort of really know about these. I've, you've been making cabs for me for years. And he went, what, what's your name? And I was like, oh, it's Matt. And we, I said, I've ordered these pink ones. And he could remember basically every yeah, cab. It's really funny. It was really funny. He, and- he, re- <laughs> he just reeled them all off. It was really cool. And um, it was really good to just see him there. But the, the the great thing, and I've seen this uh, pop up on their Instagram, for people who use Kemper... Yeah, this is what I was act- going to talk about. Yeah. They've actually made um, shells that look like Tolexed shells for Kempers, for the toaster Kempers. Yeah. Um, oh, so they so look like good. real amp Real amp heads, as, as they... But they, they, I just thought, genius. Yeah, Absolutely it looked it looked genius. it looked amazing, and the 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 chassis of the he- of the chassis of the the um, shell follows the curvature of the head itself. So you know how Joe, you know how um, the Kempers kind of from the top they they go down vertically, and then they kind of um, jut out at a very slight angle. Um, well, the uh, the heads that Zilla, the head shells that Zilla are making do exactly that as well. Oh, and that is it, awesome! It, the contouring on it looked so nice. It was it was a really really well put together head, and I don't know anybody else is doing it. And I just I, the, as soon as we got to the as soon as we got to that stand, that was the thing that caught my eye. I thought that was a really really smart uh, smart product that they've brought out there. 
Mm. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, Zitter cabs uh, have always been fantastic. Hence why, you know, Matt, obviously you get everything made by... I, I, I wouldn't ever have a another cab, I don't think. How I've, many cabs do you think you've had built by Zitter for yourself over the years? I don't know. Probably... It, in, since I've known you, it's at least... Five. I mean, I must have had nearly ten. I and for, and for, for someone who doesn't play well. gigs, that's a lot of cabinets. <laughs> yeah, but you have to, it's, it's like redecorating your house. You know, eventually you've got to go. I just need something new. Um, but he's also built things like I've had. I I had an old American Pro Junior, which I was like, want a bigger cab, want a bigger speaker, uh, rather than the ten inch speaker. And he built like a oversized cab for it to give it like more bottom end because obviously it can sound a little bit weedy. Um, so he's done stuff like that before. He's and he's always great doing custom stuff. He's always got a great selection of like Tolexes, and he just does a, a really pro job. And he also, um, when we it was the GAC 25th anniversary, and we did those katanas, he did that as well. So they, yeah, he made up some well. red and yellow striped boss katanas, which were yeah. which were super cool. Um, so on to sort of more modern guitar brands. Um, who did you see? Who did you see there? Who were, you know, really good? Uh, in terms of actual guitars, well, we did speak to um, Matt at Fidelity a bit, um, and he had a prototype of a model that he's working on with another guitar manufacturer. Yeah, was no, it was, a, it was a luthier that was relatively local to him. Um, that was a little bit different from from the Fidelity. Uh, oh, really? So is this a new body shape? Because, of course, that's the thing with Fidelity. Is yeah. R- r- there is some variance, but it's roughly yeah. one body so shape. So it was, it was a new body shape. So it was a, a single cut, um, a single cut <gasps> body design Ooh. and uh, a new neck shape as well. Like a, a, a what he I think what I think the words that he used to describe it was um, a, a bit less esoteric, I think, was what he said. Because, uh, you know, the um, the Fidelity necks have really got that that kind of... Um, I don't know. They just they're they're very they're very esoteric. I guess is is a is a really good way of putting it. You know they they are they are what they are, and um, this is just a little bit more um, traditional, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it was a it was a prototype. It was very cool, very nice, super light. It didn't weigh anything at all. Um, it was bonkers, um, and uh, yeah, it, it felt felt really cool. Um, and uh, another couple of things that he he had on the go was um, he has hooked up with a couple of artists. So he has made. That's right. He's done a couple of signature. Yeah, models he's recently. made a signature model for um, the guitar player from the Horrors, and yeah. he's also made a signature model for um, public. Public service, service broadcasting, broadcasting yeah, who are not, a fantastic yes. band. I, I, I always get confused them. Bet- I always get confused between them and uh, Public Image Limited, which was uh, <laughs> right. Johnny Rotten's band that he did after the Sex Pistols. Um, I, I, it wasn't them. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, really cool, really cool to see Matt. Really cool to see what he's got going on, and, and things keep going from strength to strength. And uh, also, uh, as you. Um, we could tell that we were getting closer to the Fidelity stand because um, more and more Fidelity guitars kept appearing on other people's stands the closer that you got <laughs> to to the uh, Fidelity stand. So he'd obviously just got a few more bits and pieces and it just like, right, who... Oh, Zander, yeah, you, you probably need a couple of... Uh, yeah, how, how about you take this, mate? And, you know, it was just really funny. Like, we were being drawn into the uh, event horizon. <coughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember, I think it was last year when when I went with you guys to the London International 
guitar show, and I can't remember what had happened. Was I? I was either horrendously hungover, or I was giving up alcohol for a, a week or something like that. And uh, and Matt had brought uh, a can of gin and tonic to help me through the yeah. show. <laughs> he's, he's such. He's so nice. He's so nice. It was great. So yeah, yeah really, really cool to see him. And um, he was just in kind of this uh, this cluster of um, of other exhibitors who you know we were kind of mates with. Uh, so he was right next to Rich from Alder and Ash pedal boards. Um, and it was actually the first time that I've that I've seen those boards up in the uh, in the flesh. And um, oh, they're so they re- they really are amazing. And it's it's, it's really funny. Cause, so Matty and I were walking around together. And um, it's 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 really funny talking to Rich because I worked with Rich at GAC, but I forgot that he started after Matt left, and and so right. Matt only really knew him through Alder and Ash, and I knew him better through GAC. Uh, so yeah, it was it was really cool to see that. But those those boards that he's got are just really really something. Mm. Um, yeah, really really like beautiful craftsmanship. Um, he'll make you basically whatever you want i also thought the lids were really nice just the whole the whole construction of it was was amazing you know they, they aren't cheap um but it's, oh, you, it's you, not you, it's, you say that i actually think you, you can get that, that i think they are very comparable I, to I, a lot I think of the sort of mainstream absolutely ones. i mean i i i guess the way i look at it is you know i think a lot of people would think okay well why would i buy this over a stag upc 424 and you know that is obviously not what rich is doing here but it's it's boutique pedal boards in the way that you know yeah sure you can buy a, a drive pedal for 40 quid if you want to buy a drive pedal for 40 quid but do, don't wouldn't you rather have a uh, analog man king of tone you know it's it's that it, it that's what he's doing there is it's premium and it's quality and there's a lot of bespoke fittings in there so really really cool stuff from him uh and also in that kind of cluster there was um Thorpey uh so we got to got to chat to Adrian for a bit and uh he's got a new he's got a new pedal coming out that you were really excited about Matty oh yeah so well obviously the Dane which is what everyone knows about what we were mainly talking about which Mm -hmm. I can't remember if we talked about when we were talking about the London show at the Olympia was um obviously he's got all the mini pedals Mm -hmm. um coming out which basically the same uh circuit as the other ones they just they just don't take a battery and I was like what I really like is I was saying that you've established your look and your brand with those bigger ones, but most people are like, they are a bit chunky. They're not yeah. actually any wider. They're just long and people obviously, you know, are precious about their space. Um, and these ones, I just, there was something about the smaller, the format that just looked better. Yeah, you know, I agree. Conversation about mini pedals. And most people are like, well, yeah, you just got to have a pedal. You can have a pedal board of mini pedals and shrink your pedal board right down. And I was like, yeah, but the size of your foot is still the size of your foot. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> if, your foot, if your foot is wider than the mini pedal, what's the point in putting two mini pedals really close together? Um, and that's actually what I really liked about the Dane because I got to see it uh, up close properly for the first time and. He's actually properly spaced out the foot switches that you can actually step on either button easily. But if you really wanted to, you could probably step on both at the same time. Um, but not because that's, you know, we mentioned earlier about the JHS pedals. And it's great that the Pink Panther's got an on-off and a tap tempo, but so many times I'm like really delicately trying to like yeah. hit the tap tempo without turning the thing off. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's what I liked about those designs. I think everything he does is just so well thought out um and just 
so so nice. Um, and there, there are basically, I think, a two or three man teams. He's saying his wife, his wife is a better pedal builder than him. Yeah, that's that's, that's what he was saying is that, uh, you know, he sometimes has conversations with people, which is like, OK, well, you know, now that you've expanded a bit and you've got uh, a couple of other people working for you, how, how can I make sure that I'm getting a pedal made by you? And he was like, you don't want a pedal made by me. You want a pedal made by my wife. She's much yeah. better than I am. Well, so. that's what I was saying, because he was saying he was going to train someone else up. And I was like, oh, so the, the, uh, the pre-Adrian Thorpe only <laughs> built Thorpe pedals are the ones worth getting there. And he was like, no, not in the slightest. Uh, so that that was really cool. Um, and uh, who else? Oh, I tell you uh, what was really cool. Hampstead was there. Uh-huh. Uh, and and um, uh, Peter Hampstead himself was there, uh, the, the man behind the name. Um, so that was really nice to, to get to have a chat with, with him and um, with, with their sort of small um, family crew. Uh, which was really cool, and they uh, have got a. Uh, they've got a. It's not a new pedal, actually. The um, the Odyssey. It's not a. It's not new, but it was new to me. I I didn't realise that that they did a pedal. I don't know if you carry oh, yes. it in the in the shop, uh, Joe. Oh, uh, we we actually have one. Oh, Guitar um, Nerds has one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's right. Very okay. good. It's a really good pedal. Yeah. The yeah, Odyssey. Yeah, I, I spoke to James there, and he yeah. sent one over to us. So I think we we put out some stuff on the Instagram for it, but yeah, I think maybe we spoke about it when it came out, but we haven't really spoken about it since then. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was really fantastic. cool. And I tell you what was really interesting about how they had it set up. Um, what I really liked was they had um, I can't remember which model it was in particular, but it was one of the gig rig switches, um, and they had maybe five of the Odysseys um, set uh, set up on on a board in front of you and above each of the switches, they had um, a different kind of descriptor of how they had the pedal set up to show the wide range oh, of cool. uh, sounds it could do. So they had like classic rock, um, like heavy metal, uh, clean boost, um, transparent blues or something like that. And and they, they had, so rather than someone having to go through and be like, okay, well, what can this do? I'll turn this. Uh, and, you know, all of a sudden you're just turning the gain up and then it's it's way too loud to hear anything. They they had everything all set up there and they also had um, like uh, 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 the, um, what's the Empress Delay? The Super... Super it, Delay? Super Delay? Is that the white one with the yellow stripes? Is that that one? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, yes, they so. they had that there, so you could have a bit of uh, a bit of delay, and they, they had another couple of pedals there just to sort of complement the um, complement the sound. But I I thought that was a really really smart for a company that that have only got um, the one pedal. I thought that was a really good way of showing off the range yeah, of absolutely. sound. Um, Build they, quality on those pedals is is absolutely fantastic. They remind me of the. Um, uh, the what, what? Who makes the caliber? The 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 compressors. Who am I thinking of? UK company makes the compressors. Origin effects. Origin effects. Yeah, right. it reminds me of that in the sort of like a heavy as a brick could kill a man if yeah. thrown sort of. Uh, um, and Joe, perhaps something that you would find interesting is they they had a prototype of um, the base version. Oh, uh, yes. that they will be releasing, which I can't remember. It was called something like the Sub Odyssey or subsidy maybe it wasn't subsidy would be a really great name to go alongside odyssey but i don't think that's what it was but it was it was something like that um and yeah they had it was basically a bass version and um my shonky guitar playing 
made it difficult. They were very patient with my terrible guitar playing, uh, talking <laughs> me through everything. But um, but yeah, it, it sounded really cool, really really good. So really excited to see what what goes on there. And uh, I was sort of probing, asking asking for questions. Oh, because the other thing that they had was um, they had a, a, a reverb, which was the um, reverb circuit from one of their amps is that what they were saying i think or tremolo i can't remember they um they i think yeah oh, I've, i i i was so overwhelmed with everything that was going on but they were <laughs> they were hinting that there is more stuff to come next year uh, they wouldn't right. give any Amazing. specifics but um but yeah very 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 cool very exciting awesome yeah um i'm trying to think oh we should probably also give a shout out um i know we already mentioned him once but we only talked about the limited edition pedal um Tate Effects, Stuart actually had a brand new overdrive pedal there, um, which I tried for a bit, which was wicked. The Antares Drive, I think that's how you pronounce it, which is his. Um, I think it's. I think it started life as the um, BMB Drive, which is the one that he built for Mikey from Skin Dread, but it's got a clean um, blend on it as well, which I, I really liked. So I was cranking. I was cranking the volume, lowering the gain, and then bringing in more of the clean. Um, and it just worked as like a really good like make good or a pedal. That's good. Um, yeah, it was a wicked unit. I mean, it, it sounded pretty good just going through like um, like a torpedo reload with headphones. Um, and once again, I hate trying stuff at shows. I'd much rather try it through my guitar and and my rig. But I of thought course, it was a yeah. wicked a wicked idea. I like the idea of having you know. Usually, you think we see the the clean blend or the parallel blend on all the compressors that come out now but see it on a drive was actually really nice without it sounding i pictured it in my head of like having this really clear divide that some half of your signal would be really distorted and some half would be really clean and it would just sound super odd um but all it's doing it's like i guess like a second volume control i think he was saying that if you turn the clean all the way down so you're just getting the clean signal um it's basically running through a really high quality buffer so it's just having like a wicked buffer at the front of your signal chain and oh, as great. you turn up that control you're bringing in more of the the drive um signal into that in in line basically um and it was it was great i thought it sounded wicked so and there's some cool story behind the name but i can't remember what that is <laughs> i, I <laughs> think great. it's something to do with because the design is like stars on the front i think it was something to do with something they sent into space that's <laughs> something to do with space um a couple of other things that i i know that we're sort of running up to time a little bit here but a couple of other things that i i was really enjoyed uh seeing there was um there was a company who i hadn't heard of before from stourbridge uh called james's home of tone um which was a a kind of a little shop um but they were bringing in um some very cool stuff so uh some stuff that's kind of close to our heart was they had some of the ground control pedals so they had the uh amateratsu um on display there which was oh, obviously awesome. one of our one of our absolute favorite make gooders and um more probably most excitingly was they actually had a titan guitar um so titan obviously being the the kind of quote unquote budget version of um of the cower guitars um 
I don't think anybody is stocking Titan in the UK at the moment. And uh, we had a very quick chat with James from James's Home of Tone. And he was saying that he, you know, he brought in a couple uh, just to sort of test the waters and one sold basically immediately. And he, and he, it looks like he's got, he's going to get some more coming in. So that, that would be really exciting. So if you're, if you're anywhere near, um, if you're anywhere in the, uh, Starbridge area. Um, make sure you look up James's home of tone and and see see what's going on there. And uh, do us a favour and you know buy that buy that Titan so that we can we can get some more Titans in and maybe maybe hopefully Doug will come over and we can uh, we can hang out with him. That be that would be really cool. That would be the best. I actually I only heard of James's home of tone I think uh, a while ago because. Um, they stocked millimetric guitars, which I'm very, very into. Did they? Did they have any of those on the stand at all? Uh, I don't think they did. I don't know. No, wait, Mi- wait. How, how do you spell guys- it? I need to have a millimetric. Look at what, millimetric. Oh yeah, these. Yeah, I, I don't think they did have these actually. So, I- listener, to 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 describe sort of millimetric guitars, they are like they are the ultimate. Um, Oh, they didn't. Oh, it's it's like they're like an art piece, but it's yeah, like yeah. A, a sort of a mathematical art piece. It's they're very very squared and and, and um sort of delicately shaped and uh, it just everything. Um, I I have no idea how to describe these guitars. It's but really they're, uh, yeah, it's really difficult. Incredibly yeah. unique. Um, uh, people they do kind of look like like a, a futurist art piece. It looks yeah. like it looks like it's like Scandinavian furniture. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, can we talk about quickly? Uh, how much time? Have, how much time? Have we got? You've got time. You've got time. We, what we do you want to talk about? Two things. First thing uh, I want to talk about, and actually, in terms of new guitars, total highlight for me. I wish I had the money. I would have bought one hands down. Joe. Yeah. guitars yeah the guys that built the pac-man guitar that mark packham put up in the um in the group that was on reverb um ben it was ben right ben, that's right um, yeah just absolutely guitar i guess guitar art perfection guitar 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 um they were just brilliant they were just absolutely brilliant so to describe because I don't think he's got a website, and he's like, "Look, I'm not. He's on. It's he's not on my day reverb. job. Yeah, he's like, Who, what? Not, Jodo, yeah. Jodo, Jodo guitars. Do. Yeah, it does have a website. Do you have a website? It's, it's JodoGuitars.com is Jodo guitars <laughs> website. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's very good. The front page lists all of the guitars that he does, and and then uh, you can oh, okay. click on each one and go into and hear the story and understand the concept. Because yeah. we have spoken about them before on the podcast, but. That's the gist. Every single guitar, whilst it will probably be a Strat or a Telecaster in most cases, um, there is a complete story behind the guitar on an era or a, a theme, yeah. a, a motif that but, they're that they're trying to get across. And it's, it's fantastic. I tell you what, story. though, they until you actually see one in the flesh and see the detail in it. You just you just don't get it. You just you just they they look cool, but until you see it, like that's amazing. So the highlight for me, I think, was um, and you can see it on his website. It's called the Wall of Death. Uh, I go and have a look at it. They, he writes a custom story piece for everyone because I think he's a screenwriter. In his yeah, he's a he's job. a scriptwriter. Yeah, um, screenwriter. Yeah, screenwriter, scriptwriter, um, screenwriter. Yeah, 
and yeah, it's got this wicked story behind it. Uh, it's one humbucker with like a Teddy style top loaded bridge. But then like the back plate was like he'd found this old like PSA service manual for like the particular wall of death bikes they used to use in like the 60s. And then that's printed onto the back plate. Um, and, he, and all of the binding is all like brass that's been like hand hammered around the edges and then like nailed in. It was just... It was just beautiful. And, you know, all custom logos on... I think the whole thing is basically custom. He buys the necks in from all parts, which he states on his website. Everything else is done by him. Um, I think he had one that was like a model guitar. I can't think what it was called. It was like the model tank, the model kit. And the scratch plate's all like properly laser etched, so it looks like the parts of one of those plastic model kits you would have bought Um to like build a plane or or a tank or something and i was just like they're br- i just thought they were brilliant um just as a cool guitar to own and definitely to play as well um but he doesn't take custom orders and he only builds what he wants when he wants i basically. thought i thought it was really funny was he was just like yeah no i because we said like oh so what's what's the plan are you gonna you're gonna start doing custom orders he was like no no, no, I just I don't really want to have to deal with people, to be honest with you, because they'll like they'll they'll keep asking me stuff, and I just want to make what I want to make. I just and thought I, that was it, fantastic, you know, because it, it really is. It's a hobby that he's doing this for, because he's you know he's got his day yeah. job, and this is what he's doing for fun. And um, but you know he made how many? I think he had six guitars at the at the show so last year, and he in, sold them in, all except for his yeah. favorite one. In stock this year, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six. One that he wasn't selling. He said the other five had all sold. And previously, he's made one, two, three, four, another six. And actually, I was just looking on his website, and this is brilliant. So all of them say, uh, basically, I think, apart from the in-stock ones, which he hasn't updated, say sold. So he's got, like, the Daredevil sold, the Dragcaster sold, and then the Wacker Waxter, which is the Pac-Man one, just says, game over. I was just like, <laughs> that's brilliant. Um, and yeah, he made a good point. He's like, the problem is if I do a custom guitar, it's not what I want to build. And they're so unique that I couldn't really, it would be difficult to realize what a customer actually wants, I think. And yeah, um, that makes sense. When you're doing like, something as unique and, and sort of, yeah, like yeah. a motif driven as this, it would be so difficult to. I, I just said to him, I wish I had the money because I would have definitely bought one. I just thought as a guitar, it reminded me of what Fender Custom Shop were doing like 30 years ago. Yeah, before relics were before were relics, a thing. before the time machine thing, but like cool, you know, like relatively not putting like a Playboy bunny on it or something. Do you know what I mean? Like something that was a bit yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This is really interesting, and actually, you could go out and gig it, but at the same time, if you just wanted something to be on the wall, you could. But it would actually be a nice, a nice playing guitar. Yeah. Um, which leads me on to the the last thing that I, you know I really want to talk about is our last stop before we were on the way out the door. We said hello to the. Um, I think it's also Ben, right? At Crimson? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, Crimson yeah, yeah. Sauce, yeah. yeah. Um, and we were talking, I was saying, oh man, I've been looking at the guitar courses and he's like, you guys have to come and do it. He's like, we're really like expanding how we're doing the courses. And Oh mate, the, actually- the, the level of expansion that they're doing to, to accommodate yeah. the demand that they've got is is incredible. I'm, I'm so happy. On- they take on six month students. Um, three months. And they're like once uh no, was it six? Three, I thought, I thought yeah, it was six it's three. Months. Oh right. So they take on these long term students, but they're like, once we've got those guys in, that's less space for someone to come and do like a week course. And um 
he was like, you guys have to come down and, and do something. And I think it's something we really have to think about next year. 100%. Um, is, building a, is building a Crimson. So you can do a six-day course. He said it works out to 54 hours. And he said you're basically guaranteed to walk away with a custom instrument that's finished to the same level standard that is one hanging on the wall. He's like, if you do a five-day course, we get some people who don't quite finish it. Um, but we provide everything, all the tools, all the parts. If you want to bring anything, you can. Do you think um, I'll have to do a 12-day course to build a double neck? Yeah. <laughs> they just won't let you. It's just not allowed. Um, right. But I, I I think that's something we should we should definitely consider next year. I reckon that would be... And, and there's something that actually I would I would... I would love to do personally. I just think building a guitar would be just a wicked thing to have at I the could end make, of the day. You know I could I mean? make a mauve double neck half bass half guitar with a built in dimension C. <laughs> I think they'd give you all the time in the world for that, Joe, and you'd probably still never never finish it. But oh, thanks, um, mate. <laughs> <laughs> they probably wouldn't want you to finish it. Um, <laughs> but looking at their their course prices for anyone who's interested, uh, Crimson Guitars com obviously they've got a bunch of stuff tutorials and everything on youtube their six day guitar course comes out at 995 and i think to Which walk is away with a, less money yeah, than to, you'd pay for a crimson <laughs> yeah I, I think to to walk away with a custom guitar at the end of that i mean that's it's just a deal i think yeah. and yeah, to hang absolutely. out with all those guys and totally that's the thing is every time we're at a show we get to see ben and james we get to hang out with those guys and it's never for as long as we want it to be and we just i think it's really funny in the in the i get the first time that we met them was at the birmingham show which was what the Birmingham show last year, so not this year. So we've only really known those guys for about 18 months and we've probably spent uh, in total like maybe an hour and a half hanging out with them in total. Um, but just, you know, I we were listening to their podcasts, they're listening to our podcasts and watching their videos and stuff. And I think we've just like become really good kind of mates from through the internet. It's really, really weird. But yeah, every time we see them, we just have a really, really nice time hanging out. And I'd, I'd really like to... to to at the very least we need to get ben on the podcast as soon as possible you know because yeah, it's 100%. We, it's just one of those things we keep saying oh yeah we'll do this we'll do this when, when are we going to do this let's work it out and we just never do so it'd be, i'd love to hear you know i know his story a bit but i think it's something that's worth telling you know absolutely absolutely well that draws us to a close of our london international guitar show special episode of the guitar nerds podcast we haven't even um, done the news, but uh, fear not, we'll be continuing over on the Patreon episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast, where this week we're going to be talking about some of the gear that I saw on tour. Um, we're also going to talk about a ton of cool new pedals that came out this week, and we're going to be talking out uh, talking about, if we have time, um, some of the coolest and weirdest pedals that you can buy at the moment uh if you want to listen to the patreon episode of a podcast of the podcast then uh well first of all for one dollar a month there uh, you can get the regular episode ad free and early and five dollars a month you get an extra half an hour every week plus access to the bonus features and mini series such as branton's ranton and ten dollars a month makes you one of our executive backers granting you access to everything already mentioned plus the prestigious honor of having your name read out in one breath by me. <clears throat> All right, I'm ready. Shall I go? Yeah, do it, mate. 
Adrian Day, Ethan Jebediah Bartia, Ken Sayers, Matthew King, Stephen Conrady, Golden G, Richard III, Marin Peters, Sean Arvo, Christopher Wolfman Chapperson, Robert Cousins, Rob Gruel, Scott Hamilton, Tucker Everton, Ernie Cooper, Nate Nagel, Ross Edwards, Christopher Ratchet, Robbie Cotter-Grant, Matt Roberts, Dave Lee, Emery James Baker, Ryan McDermott, Juan Joya, Blake Wyland, Aaron Sermon, Jake Gray, Matt Bellamy, Martin Cliff, Scott Kennedy, Christopher Lowset, Robert Smith, Hans Arms, Derek Rich, Chris Connors, Andy Joyce, Rob Nordwick, Steve Markle, Mark Cross, Carlos Manta, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Blair Tom, Zori Anstis, Paul Corrigan, Will Claire, Moogra, Pilgrims, and Colin Anderson. Was that it? I was guess it was Colin yeah. Anderson. Can't um, even draw out the Anderson. I uh, Did anyone else get like a burst of volume halfway through that? Was it just me? Now I think Joe somehow got like a burst of breath. Okay, and uh, <laughs> it, it it got slightly le- it got slightly more energetic. But yeah. I think that yeah. burst of breath probably actually uh, did not fare you well towards the end. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, it, it 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 was close for me. That that was a close one. But there you have it. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Guitar Nerds or on YouTube at Guitar Nerds Videos. You can even visit our website guitarnerds.net, where all our various channels are displayed in all of their glory. And you can even purchase Guitar Nerds merchandise and become a true member of the club. That is it from us for this week. We'll catch you next time for some more guitar nerdery. Farewell. Cheers, gang. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.